Hello and welcome to a brand new season of More. Join me and my guests as we read the second book in the Hunger Games series, Catching Fire. I'm super excited and I can't wait to read some more of the series. So let's get started, shall we? Okay, and welcome back to another episode of More. Today, it's just me, my bag of cherries. You can hear them. I don't know. But we are reading Catching Fire once again. Um, I ended on page 22, and this is when we found out that President Snow was in Katniss's house, and we need to, um, you know, not we need to, we don't need to do anything. We're just reading. We're spectators. But she's asked, like, figure out what to do. So, yeah, we're on page 22, uh, regular print edition, I guess, if that's important. So, let us begin. I'm taken aback by the directness and even sincerity of this speech, as if his primary concern is the welfare of the citizens of Penang, when nothing could be further from the truth. I don't know how I dare say the next words, but I do. Must be very fragile if a handful of berries can bring that down. There's a long pause when he examines me, then he simply says, it is fragile, but not in the way that you suppose. There's a knock on the door and the Capitol man sticks his head in. Her mother wants to know if you want tea. I would. I would like tea, says the president. The door opens wider and there's my mother holding a tray of china set. The time that she bought to the seam when she married. Set it here, please. He places the book on the corner of the desk and packs the center. And those at the tray on the desk. It holds china teapots and cups and cream and sugar and a plate of cookies. They are beautifully iced with softly colored flowers. The frosting work can only be pitas. What a welcome sight. You know, it's funny how often people forget that presidents need to eat, too. President Snow says charmingly, well, it seems to like my mother a bit anyway. Can I get you anything else? I can cook something more substantial if you're hungry, she offers. No, this could not be more perfect. Thank you, he says, clearly dismissing her. Mother nods and shoots me a glance and goes. President Snow pours tea to both of us and fills his cream and sugar into a long stir. Nancy has this say as waiting for me to respond. I didn't mean starting upright in my column. I believe you. It doesn't matter. The starless turned out to be prophetic in his wardrobe towards Katniss Everdeen, girl who was on fire, and you provided a spark that, left unattended, may grow into an inferno that destroys Penang, he says. Why don't you just kill me now, I blurt out. Publicly, he asks. That would only add fuel to the flames. Arrange an accent, then, I say. Who would buy it, he says. Not you, if you were watching. Then just tell them what you want me to do. I'll do it, I say. If only it were that simple. He picks up one of the flower cookies and examines it. Lovely. Your mother made these? Pita, the first time I can't hold his gaze, reach for my tea, but set it back down when I get a cup gravity against the saucer. To cover it, I quickly take a cookie. Pita, how is love your poo? How is love your life? He says. Good, I say. At what point do you realize the exact degree of your indifference? He asks, dipping the cookie in the tea. I'm not indifferent, I say. But perhaps not as taken with the young man as you would have the country believe, he says. He says, I'm not, I say. I do, says the president, and I wouldn't be here if I were the only person who had doubts. How the handsome cousin? I don't know. I don't. My my revulsion at this conversation is, is, is at disguise my feelings with two people. I care about the most for the snow. Chokes me off. Speak, Miss Everdeen. Him? I can easily kill off if we don't come to a happy res- resolution. Dang. President Snow is literally here to just, like, make no friends and just take no prisoners. He's just here to get down with business. But I guess I would, uh, I don't know him too much, so I, I don't actually know his thought period. I mean, not thought period, thought uh, track, thought thought process, thought process, yeah. I don't know his thought process enough to be able to be like, oh, I did the same thing. Because, like, sure, you built all of this up from, like, the ground up, but, like, is it a good thing that you built? Probably not. Like, you have to kill a lot of people and whatever, but 
Anyway, I'm not presidents now, so uh, let's continue, I guess. <clears throat> um, you aren't doing a favor disappearing into the woods with him each Sunday. If he knows this, what else does he know? And how does he know it? Many people could tell that Gail and I finished Sunday's hunting. Then we show up at the end of each floated with game, haven't we, for years? The real question is what he thinks goes on in the woods beyond District 12. Surely they haven't been tracking us in there, or have they? Could they have been, fo- they have been followed? That seems impossible, at least by a person. Cameras? That never crossed my mind until this moment. The woods have always been our place of safety, our place beyond the reach of capital, where we are free to say what we want, be who we are, at least before the games. If we've been watched since then, what have they seen? Two people hunting, saying treacherous things against capital? Yes. Not two people in love, but what seems to be present implication. We are safe on that charge, unless, unless... It only happened once, but it's fast and unexpected, but it did happen. After Pete and I got home from the games, it was several weeks before I saw Gail alone. First, there were the obligatory celebration, a banquet for the victors that only the most high-ranking people were invited to. A holiday for the whole district with free food and entertainment brought in from the Capitol. Parcel day, the first of 12, in which food factories are delivered to each person in the district. That was my favorite, to see all those hungry kids in the scene running around weaving cans of applesauce, tins of meat, even candy. Back home, too big to carry would be bags of grain, cans of oil, and cans of oil. To know that once a month for a year, this was, they, were, they would all receive another parcel. That was one of the few times I actually helped about winning the games. So between the ceremonies and the events and the reporters, documenting my every move, I as I presided and thanked and kissed Peter for the audience, I had no privacy at all. After a few weeks, things finally calmed down. The camera crew reporters packed up and went home, and Pete and I assumed the cool relationship we've ever had. My family settled into our new house at the Victor's Village. The everyday life of District 12, workers to the mine, kids to schools, resumed in a musical pace. I waited until I thought the coast was clearly clear, then once I did, I was playing, but I got up an hour before dawn to go off to the woods. The weather was still warm enough that I didn't need a jacket. I packed home a bag full of special food, cold chicken, cheese, and bakery bread and oranges. Down in my old house, I put on my hunting boots. As usual, the fence had not been charged, and it was simple to slip under the woods and retrieve my bow and arrows. Went to our place, Gail's and mine, where we had shared breakfast the morning briefing, the seven to the games. I waited at least two hours, thinking that he'd given up on me in the week that had passed, for he no longer cared about me, hated me even, and the idea of losing him forever, my best friend, my only person I'd ever trusted with my secrets, was so painful I couldn't stand it. Not on top of everything else that had happened, he could feel, I could feel my eyes tearing up and my throat starting to close the way it does when I get upset. I looked up, and he was there, ten feet away, just watching me. Not even thinking, I jumped up and threw my arms around him, making a weird sound that combined with a laugh, choking, and crying. He was holding me so tightly that I couldn't see his face. But it was really, I was a really long time before he let me go, and then he didn't have much choice because I'd gotten this unbearably loud case of hiccups and had to get a drink. We did what we always did that day: ate breakfast, hunted, and fished, and gathered, talked about people in the town, but not about us. New life in the mine, my time in the arena, just other things. By the time we were at the hole from the fence to the hob, I think I really believed that things could be the same. We could go as we always did. I'd given all the game to Gail, trading to be so much food now. I told him I'd skip the hob, even though I was looking forward to going there. My mother and sister didn't even know I'd gone hunting. They'd be wondering where I was. And suddenly, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I read ahead. Anyway, I'll read it for everybody to hear. And suddenly, as I was suggesting to take over the daily stair run, he took my face in his hands and kissed me. What? I don't, ooh, I don't know about that. Like, hmm, I don't know. Okay, I'll continue. I was completely unprepared. You would think that after all the hours of the scale, watching him talk and laugh and frown, that I would know, I would know all there is to know about his lips. But I hadn't imagined how warm they feel pressing against my own, or how those hands, which could set the most intricate snare, could as easily entrap me. 
I think I made some sort of noise at the back of my throat and begging remember my fingers curled tight on resting on his chest and let him he let go and said, I had to do that at least once. And then he was gone. At least once. So was he like was he never intending to have a relationship with Katniss? Hmm. That's like it's not giving, you know, commitment. It's giving I want a fling, but also I want a rich fling. But then again, she's not taking any of her money and nothing that she's giving him she that he's taking which maybe seems like he's not in it for those reasons, which I guess is better than since he's not taking those from the reasons like that. But I don't know, man. That seems pretty weird to me, just grabbing her and kissing her. Why did you kiss her in the woods? Why did you wait till like you were outside where people could see you? That's probably where they caught you because it was right outside like the fence. Like Brody, you had the whole time in the woods. Dang, dang. I would have kissed, well, I wouldn't have, kissed her because then i'm like look what the cameras are watching because like now she's like a victor she's really she's a really important person a vip and you can't just go around kissing vips if you're her cousin gail you're her cousin man i can't believe that was their cover story i like how the only reason the cousins because they're dirty <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> okay okay i'll continue despite the fact that the sun was setting my family would be worried i sat by a tree on the fence i tried to decide how i felt about the kiss if i liked it or resented it all i remembered was the pressure of gail's look with scent of oranges that still lingered on my on his skin it was pointless companion to the many kisses i shamed with Peta. till i figured out if any of those counted finally i went home the weekend managed the snare and dropped off the meat with his LA, but I didn't see Gail until Sunday. I had this whole speech worked out about how I didn't want to be a boyfriend. I didn't want a boyfriend, never planned on marrying, but I didn't end up using it. Gail acted as the kiss never happened. Maybe he was waiting for me to say something or kiss him back. Instead, I pretended it had never happened either. But it had. Gail had shattered some invisible barrier between us, and with it, any hope I had of resuming our old, uncomplicated friendship. Whatever I pretended, I could never look at it flipped quite the same that way. <clears throat> All he flashed in my head in the instant of Feather Snail's eyes born to me on the heels of his threat to kill Gail. How stupid I'd have been to think Capital would just ignore me once I returned home. Maybe I didn't know about the potential uprising, but I knew they were angry with me. Instead of acting with extreme caution from the situation called for, what have I done? From the present point of view, I'd ignored Peter and flaunted my presence for Gail's company for the whole district. And by doing it, made clear that I was, in fact, mocking the Capital. Now, enraged, Gail and his family. Oh, now I've endangered Gail and his family and my family and Pia too, and my carelessness. <clears throat> Please don't hurt Gail. I whisper. He's just my friend. He's been my friend for years. That's all that's between us. Besides, everyone thinks we're cousins now. I'm only interested in how it affects your dynamic with Pia, thereby affecting the mood in the district, he says. It will be the same on the tour. I will be in love with him just as I was. I say, just as you are, corrects Pia. Uh, Pia Stone. <laughs> Pita Snow. No, President Snow. Just as you are, correct, President Snow. Just as I am, I confirm. Only you'll have to do even better if the uprising will be averted, he says. This tour will be your only chance to turn things around. I know, I will. I'll convince everyone in the district that I wasn't defying the capital and that I was crazy in love. I say, President Snow rises <clears throat> and dabs his puffy lips with a napkin. Aim higher in case you fall short. What do you mean, aim higher? I ask. Convince me, he says. He drops an African and retrieves his book. I don't watch him as he heads to the door, so I flinch when he whispers in my ear. By the way, I know about the kiss too. And the door clicks shut behind him. Um, that's very creepy. This is the end of chapter two. That's really, that's really, really creepy. Imagine this old man. I think he's short too. He's a short old man, like really bad. I think he has like bad Botox or something like that. Like he is just like, he looks, he doesn't look young. He just looks old. He has puffy lips, like really tight skin. And he goes up and he's like, 
I know, but then guess by the way, like wouldn't that scare you? Like I think if I was Katniss, I'd like be like, oh, we're my bow and arrow, like this guy, uh, this guy's unhinged. But like, she can't kill President Snow in her own house. There's no chance her and her family would get out of that unscathed because a President Snow, most like powerful uh, person in all of Panam right now, in all of Panam. And you just want to try and like take it out. Like you'll be in so much trouble. It's like not even funny. But that's that's pretty crazy. Not crazy as in like I didn't expect that. Crazy as in like this guy literally. I feel like he's like a cannibal. I don't know. Because again with the rose and everything. And he was smelling like blood. Because like the guy. Cena. Cena. Whatever his name was. But he. And he's dead. Because like he was sentimental. And let them both live. And I think like. What if he like you know uses like the blood of people to like make himself younger? What if he's like a vampire? <gasps> no way, he was a vampire. He wouldn't age. I mean, probably no vampires in Panam. It was just a dystopia. Mm. But you know, there's always that thing. But I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling. President Snow creeps me out. That was very creepy. He's like 17. She's like 16. He's whispering, "I know about the kiss in your ear." Like I'd be terrified. You know, like that. Ooh. No, 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 thank you, no, thank you. Okay, so we're going to read one page of chapter three, and then we're going to be done today. So we're on page 38. Oh, no, sorry, just 30. The zero looks like an eight. You know, like, the zero is, like, a cross through the middle, kind of, like, has, like, a, like, there's two, two holes in, like, the zero, so I thought it was an eight, but it's just page 30. Okay, let's continue. Smell of blood. It was on his breath. What does he do? I think drink it. I imagine him sipping in the teacup, drinking it, dipping cookie in the stuff, and pulling it out dripping red. Outside the window, a car comes to life, soft and quiet, like the purr of a cat, and fades away into the distance as it slips off, as it arrives unnoticed. The room seems to be spinning in slow, lopsided circle, but I wonder if it might block out. I lean forward and collect the dust in one hand, and the other still holds Peter's beautiful cookie. I think it has a tire lily on it, but now it's been reduced to crowns my fist. I don't even know if I was crushing it, but I guess I have to hold on something. One words veered out of control. Visible President Snow, districts on the verge of an uprising, a directed death threat to Gale with others to follow. Everyone I loved doomed, and who knows and who knows who else will pay for my actions. Instead of turning things around on the tour, wipe the discontent and put the heaviness mind at ease. And how, by proving the country beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I love Peter Melmore. <laughs> I can't do it, I think. I'm not that good. Peter's a good one, political one. He can make people believe anything. I'm the one who shuts up and sits back and lets him do much of the talking as possible. But it isn't Peter who has to prove devotion. It's me. I hear my mother's light, quick tread in the hall. She can't know I think not about any of this. Reach my hands over the tray and quickly brush the bits of cookie from my palm. Take a shaky sip of my tea. Everything all right, Katniss? She asked. It's fine. We never, we never seen on TV, but the president always visits um Victor for the tour to wish them good luck. I say rightly. My mother's face flipped into relief. Oh, I thought you were in some kind of trouble. No, not at all. I say trouble will start when my prep team sees how I let my eyebrows grow back in. My mother laughs, and I think about how there's no going back if I took over caring for my family when I was eleven. How I will always have to protect her. Why don't you start your bath? She says. Or no, why don't why don't I start your bath? She asks. Great, I say, I can see how pleased she is by my response. Since I've been home, I've been trying hard to mend my relationship with my mother. Ask her to do things for me instead of brushing aside any offer of help, as I did years out of, uh, for years out of anger. Letting her handle all the money I owe, I won, uh, returning her hug with a tarry nun. My time in the arena made me realize how I need to stop punishing her for something that she couldn't help, specifically the crushing depression she felt after my father's death. Because sometimes things happen to people and they're not equipped to deal with them. 
like me, for instance, right now. Besides, there's one wonderful thing she's done when I arrived in the district. After our families and friends agreed to Peter and me the transition, there were a few questions allowed from the reporter. Someone asked my mother what she thought of my new boyfriend, and she replied that while Peter was a grand model of the young man should be, I wasn't old enough to have a boyfriend at all. She followed with a pointed look at Peter. There's a lot of laughter and comments like somebody's in trouble in the press, and Peter dropped my hand and stepped away from me. That didn't last long. There's too much pressure to act otherwise, but it gave us an excuse to be a little more reserved when we've been in the capital. And maybe you can help account for how little I've seen in Peter's company since the cameras left. I go upstairs uh, to the bathroom where a steaming tub awaits. Mother has added a small bag of dried flowers that perfumes the air. Fooms. <laughs> perfumes the air. Men of us are using are used to the luxury of turning on a tap and having limitless limitless supply of hot water at our fingertips. We only had a cold one at our home and steam, and the bath meant boiling rust over the fire. I undress and lower myself with the silky water, and mother has poured in some kind of oil as well. Try to get a grip on things. Okay, so we are on page 32, and we are done for today. Whew, I don't know what to do. It's looking, it's not looking great for Katniss, because we already know she's a pretty bad actor, and she has to now act like she's in love with PETA. Like, I, ooh, I feel like she can, she can probably fake a, a premise to people who like, weren't really paying attention. But people who are causing uprising thinking that she just wanted to rebel against the Capitol. And President Snow who found out that she actually likes Gail, which I said, Team Gail, that's what I'm saying. She is 16 though, but anyway. Um, I think she's gonna have to work hard. She might have to talk to, she has to work with PETA. They have to work together for sure, because then PETA, they can like kind of do a bit, you know, do a little bit. And then they can like show a relationship like that. Maybe not be like fully lovey dovey, but it could be like a familiar relationship in a sense, you know? And again, she could use her mother's excuse of like, oh, I can't like date till I'm like 18. Maybe she said like, oh, we're just like, we're, we're not dating right now, but I still love him, you know? There's that. Anyway, I think it's getting pretty interesting, but also we're only like 30 pages in. So I'll wait a little more for it to fully get interesting. But yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast with uh, just me, just me again, no guests. <laughs> it's just gonna be me. But yeah, thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, email me at morebookquestions at gmail.com. So see you next time. Bye.